The television clip show, or recap show, usually consists of various important or interesting moments previously shown during a TV show's run. In the early days of television, clip shows typically received strong ratings, and it was expected that any successful comedy series to feature clip shows regularly in its later years. Though the origins aren't made clear on Wikipedia, this trope has long been a tool used by production for various reasons. Whether it was for helping the audience follow the story, to allowing production to pad out a season, to helping lazy producers get away with taking an unearned vacation, this part of storytelling is important and shouldn't be questioned. Brian Lynn, a 47-year-old bungee jumper and tactical paper mache enthusiast, was on his way to the Rainforest Cafe in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, and he went missing. Hello, welcome back to True Deception. My name is Clark McCarthy, and I'm sitting with uh, Owen Ingmar. How are you doing, Owen? I'm doing well. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. I have recently discovered uh, that my place has termites. Oh. Yeah, and it's a little, it's a little troubling, just because, as you know, I'm, I'm. Uh, I love to decorate with wood. Um, mm -hmm. It's not just like the furniture is made of wood, but the countertops are wood. And uh, I actually have wood paneling on my fridge. And I, I guess I understand why a why a, a nest of termites would want to come into my home because it's mostly wood. Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> what have um, they destroyed? Uh, well, they did destroy. I did have that wood toilet, and they ate clean through that. Um, clean through the whole toilet huh? the whole toilet um it must have been the type of wood they like because i woke up the next morning and it was just a hole in the ground unbelievable and before it was a hole in the ground with a wood seat right yes 100 percent. yes um because i care about the earth i don't want a fancy porcelain or plastic toilet i want all I just a hole in the ground i'm not a fancy man yeah the and that's one of your admirable traits i i i think how simple you are with your <clears throat> wood utilities. I think if we were all doing that, um, you know, the doomsday clock could be set back five hours. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Speaking of the doomsday clock, I hear it's been moved up recently. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're at 12.59.99. Uh, nine, nine. They keep yes. adding numbers because they're so sure we're going to get... <laughs> to the actual yes. doomsday that they just yeah typically there are 60 seconds in a minute but on the doomsday clock i believe that there are somewhere between 100 and 400 seconds in a minute yes yes originally it was like a normal clock and they had 60 seconds and then bad things kept happening but the doomsday mm -hmm. didn't roll around so they just keep adding more numbers which i think is a cop-out it feels like to me we're already in doomsday and that clock is uh, not accurate I think they're a little scared to just call it a doomsday, but you know, call a spade a spade and call a doomsday yeah. a doomsday. Hey, speaking of your termite problem, I watched a documentary called Joe's apartment. Um, now they weren't termites, but they were cockroaches, I believe. And uh, Joe worked with the cockroaches. If I recall to get his life back on track um, specifically, I think they helped him, uh, with a love interest. And I know you've been actively looking. Have you approached the termites in any sort of like parlay or olive branch uh, to see if maybe they would work with you? 
as opposed to just eating your toilet? That is a great idea. You know, I've never considered that. Um, I think it's easy as, as a person whose home is being devoured by termites to think, oh, these are my enemies. You know, it might be a good idea to maybe, you know, let out that olive branch, maybe have a welcome, maybe leave out a piece of welcome wood and mm-hmm. say, hey, if you could either help me with my relationships or maybe you could, because uh, as you know, I have a lot of wood-based enemies um, mm-hmm. that I could use some help managing. Um, there's obviously the guy at the Home Depot who made fun of me for my glasses. Um, okay. There's that uh, There's that lumberjack who mm-hmm. uh, made fun of me for my glasses. And then, um, then the guy at the glasses store who made fun of me for my shorts. <laughs> and... I would. I that would was love a rough a little... day for you. That was a rough day. That was a rough day, and you know, I thought, okay, I'm a, I'm a strong, confident man. I could pull off some Elton, Elton John glasses. Yeah, uh, you contracted a lumberjack to chop down a tree. Mm-hmm. Then you went to a lumberyard to get that uh, tree uh, shaved down into some wood, and then you took the wood over to the sunglasses hut to get them made into glasses. Yeah. And each time I got a lot of pushback and I gotta say at the end of the day, I felt so bad. I barely wore those glasses out, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think absolutely. I should look into this termite thing. Well, how are things with you? Uh, things are good. As you, as you're aware, currently living in a motel, practicing the fine art of gigoloing. We should say maybe that um, we, we do have an episode with a guest that, uh, we'll fill you in on more of those specifics, but we're recording this episode in between the release. So if you're unfamiliar, uh, I am working as a gigolo out of a motel, and the motel manager has agreed to be my pimp, and that's been going really well. I am, uh, this is a little bit of a sneak uh, preview. We were approached by... I don't know if you're familiar with The Jinx, the HBO uh, documentary. Well, we were approached by documentary filmmakers who had seen The Jinx, and they wanted to do a Jinx-style documentary uh, with me and the motel manager because there has been some nefarious behavior adjacent to the motel, and I can't give away too much at this point, uh, but basically, we're being we're doing some interviews, and we're looking to get into the true crime uh, business from another angle. So I've got a lot of irons in the fire, as they say, regarding true crime. So until uh, this gets picked up by Amazon, hopefully, fingers crossed, you and I get that Amazon deal, get uh, Julia Roberts to play one of us. I'm also going to be dabbling in true crime. Uh, through a documentary, Real Jinx style. Wow, that's incredible. Well, yeah, if you, real quick, if you guys don't know, we are interested in getting Amazon to adapt this into a TV show starring Julia Roberts and Gina Davis as us. Kind of a, you know, kind of a throwback to what they did in the 90s, but completely different in terms of the completely story. Completely different. I think we want to stay true to what we've put out there. So we are asking that Julia Roberts and Gina Davis play men we've sent them over some mock-ups of what how we think you could take those two fine actors and get them uh to play 
hyper masculine roles such as uh, you and me. I would love for the first shot to be one or both of us doing pull-ups from behind so you guys can see our backs, mm-hmm. kind of like a I Am Legend. And then from there, mm-hmm. you kind of get a tone for who we are and what we do. Um, maybe mm-hmm. we get a call from the mayor and it says, like, there's been a death and we need our two best investigators on it. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't want to spoil the show, obviously. Wet your whistle there. I'm curious, how did these, uh, how did these documentary filmmakers get in touch? Like, how'd they find out? They, they came across an obituary in the local paper written by the motel manager about her mother. And it was the tense in which it was used, the first person, uh, third person, kept going back and forth. And so there, there was a hint, a suggestion that the manager of the motel um, might have murdered their mother and then also continued to pretend that the mother was alive. They read that and that got them intrigued because the obituary was like, it's so sad to see my mother has passed. Uh, And then it was like, she lived a great life. And then it would switch over into first person and it would be like, um, I bought the motel in the 1950s and my daughter has never been anything but a disappointment. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she was responsible for my unfortunate, untimely death. And then it would switch back into the third person. So that raised some some producer uh, antennas. And as the motel manager is my pimp, they thought that I would be a good access point for it. And I would love to say that they heard this podcast and they said they hadn't. And I said, oh, you don't really listen to podcasts. And they said, actually, we listen to a lot of podcasts. And I said, oh, you must not listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. And they said, oh, we listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. And I said, oh, you must only listen to the ones in the top hundred. And they said, no, we actually listen to the ones uh, in the up to 500. Um, so I don't know how they missed us, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've talked to many, many people <laughs> who are big true crime fans. And I was amazed how many of them were liars and just said that they had not heard of us. And I don't know mm-hmm. if they're intimidated by us or what the deal is. But I don't know if they're missing us some way, like there's a broken algorithm, or if they are all, uh, you know, lying to me. I suspect they're lying. You are quite the uh, investigator, and they are probably worried that if they're honest with you about one thing, you'll get to the bottom of whatever uh, seedy behavior that they've been up to. That would be my suspicion. That seems fair. I mean, to be honest, we are each, uh, we're both uh, Woodward and Bernsteins. We're a pair of Woodward and Bernsteins. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, four people combined into two. Um, that's right. We're double the Woodstein and Burns, uh, Woodward and Bernstein. You know, and speaking of the investigation, um, mm-hmm. we thought now would be a good time. We just, we dropped a bunch of episodes and we're thinking maybe people um it's hard for people to to really connect with everything that's going on the way we do as as investigators and so we just thought it might be nice to to recap for everyone just you know let you guys know you don't have to be following this at home uh we are we're the investigators we're taking care of the 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 keeping track of everything that's right i appreciate keeping small businesses alive by uh 
buying red yarn and connecting all the dots on your wall, but don't worry, we got that handled. Yeah, you do not have to worry. Uh, this case is in as good of hands as the Jean Benet Ramsey case. Call us the Boulder PD. Yes, could not have said that better. This is, that's a perfect analogy for how good we are at investigating. Yes. And you know what? We, I'll say we're also John Bonet's mother. We're going to mop this thing up good and clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to mop this thing up good and clean. And I'd go as far to say that we're John Bonet Ramsey's brother because we've got blood on our hands. That's how deep into this investigation we are. <laughs> yeah so guys don't worry we got this handled i think we'll start by uh letting you know you know uh we we spoke with the detective the head detective on the case Mm -hmm. um fascinating man taught us probably as much about musical theater as anything Mm -hmm. in hindsight for i i don't think he maybe did as much investigating as as he could have in in this matter yeah, I, I'm not one to cast stones, but I think had this would have been solved, he put in the work for his rendition of My Town that he put into solving this case. Yes, and I will say, because he did give us all of the documents he had taken from his job um, as a police officer involving the case with Brian, I found a lot of his notes on those pages were very much the notes that a director would give to a cast. And I don't know if it was helpful for an investigation, but, you know, when he would get certain documents, he'd be like, oh, you know, maybe he should go here instead of there. Like he would, he would fix where he thought people should be ending up and he would yes. write little like little notes about the dialogue and the, and the margins. Yeah. He felt that the disappearance of Brian came too early uh, in the first act, which I think I can't actually fault him there. I think the disappearance of Brian did come too early. Should it have been uh, following a musical number? That's where the detective and I differ. But he did give us some real artistic notes regarding the investigation. Yes, and I, and I think that it put us in the right track. I think it was on us to move it along. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, uh, we've been able to talk to friends and family and neighbors and sort of get a picture of Brian. And I, you know, I'm curious how you feel like, you know, all this investigating and like, what do you, who do you see Brian as? Well, initially I saw Brian as a troubled and lost lonely soul. And as this investigation has revealed to me, Brian was the, he wore mini masks and I don't know that we have, found his true face, Uh, but I do know that he uh, seemed to brag about anything he was a part of until it no longer suited him. So he was a, we know that he was a proud virgin until he was no longer uh, a virgin. We know that he was married, but that he didn't see marriage as a sign of monogamy. He was a proud enthusiast for bungee jumping, but it also seemed like he was using it as a way to transport drugs uh, through dogs. So Brian seems to be, uh, if nothing else, resourceful uh, in his ability to identify what makes him unique 
and then exploit that. And if I can go as far to say manipulate those around him. Yeah, I think that's perfectly said. Looking into Brian's life, you know, he is an enigma. Everyone gets, I think a lot of it is just everyone gets to meet a different Brian. You know, his neighbor saw him as this very quiet, sweet man. Um, his roommate saw him as a very, um, you know, jerkish guy. He likes to push buttons with his brother. A slender uh, jerk. He's a slender jerk, yes. He did lose a lot of weight. Um, he was a very heavy man. And, of course, he became a very slender man. And although there are photos of, that have been released of him in a suit bald and very pale he is not the slender man i want to be very no. clear because we've gotten a lot of pushback as to whether he was the slender man and yes. maybe that's where he is but he was he was you know he was an interesting guy i think he was uh, a lot of things to a lot of people and i think he was also well i don't think so he was a criminal he, he yes. did crimes he did a lot of crimes this has this case has revealed that this is not the disappearance of an innocent man but perhaps this is the consequences of a criminal life. And that has been a true shocker for me. I would say that has been the second biggest shock of this investigation. The first being that the owner of the Rainforest Cafe is a jerk, offers exclusive basement uh, fetishes, and is pretty picky about who he selects for them. Uh, that has been the biggest shock for me. What has been the biggest shock for you in this investigation? Oh, I think for me, it was probably, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that have really shocked me at my core, but, you know, finding out that he had a secret son. Because, but I, I mm -hmm. guess I just never saw him as a sexual being who was capable of fathering a child. He seemed a little too physically frail for that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, uh, fathering a secret French child. Yes, that is, his child was very French. I'm not sure, we're not exactly sure where his child is located at. It was inappropriate, I suppose, of us to ask a child that. Mm -hmm. There is a French child out there sharing Brian's blood. That's um, right. Which is surprising. From the get-go, through no evidence of my own, no evidence that we found, I just had a hunch that Brian was xenophobic, that he had a fear of foreigners and immigrants. And that just goes to show you, you really shouldn't make presumptions about people that you don't know. You know, I, I came into this in investigation with sort of an idea of who I thought Brian was. I thought he was uh, sort of an aloner, sort of a down on his luck guy. He had sort of that look to him, kind of a perpetual, maybe, maybe, I don't want to say loser but maybe like a perpetual man who went through some hardships mm -hmm. um a lot of the photos i found of him i thought like oh this guy doesn't seem like very cool or smart or likable but the more i got to know him the more i feel like he's a long-term friend like he's a guy i i would have known oh yes uh let me be perfectly clear that while brian seems to have been a criminal and a liar uh, polygamist, uh, and an adulterer. He does seem like somebody I would like to enjoy some Amazon blast nachos with at the Rainforest. 100%. Yes, that's it. Well, listen, I, I'd like to address 
because the show's been running for a few weeks and with a show like this people are going to have theories and investigative ideas of their own and i want to address all the betting that's been happening online Mm -hmm. what he's happening what happened to him or what you know recently uh i looked and it said uh the the most common theory the most common bet is that uh brian uh was killed by the mafia Mm -hmm. And then the second most common bet is that we are gay. Um, And I just think if you're going to bet, please take it seriously. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? Also, I don't know how they're going to get a final verdict on that. Good luck putting my sexual orientation in a box. Uh, Good luck defining it. That's all yeah. I have to say. That I agree. would be like betting on whether or not we are gay is equivalent to betting on uh, whether or not there's porridge pumping through the veins of the Los Angeles Lakers. There's no way to tell and anything anything is possible. So yeah, good luck with that one, Las Vegas. MGM Grand. Yeah, honestly, uh, you know, for a show that uh, you guys refuse to give a live stage show to, you sure have a lot of bets going on about what's happening in our lives and this investigation. Yeah, for for a casino that turned their nose up at a better version of the Blue Man Group, I I'm astounded with the how low you'll sink uh, taking wagers on our sexual orientation. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I think we've moved past that in this country. And also, we came to the MGM Grand and said, hey, we want to do a live version of our podcast. We will do all the stunts and all the music that the Blue Man Group does as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we also want to do part of the investigation. Yeah. So... They have turned us down, but if the wind or Circus Circus or the Sands or the one that's in, what's the town, Pahrumpf, Nevada, that casino wants to have us, we're open uh, for, uh, we're open to, we're listening. Yeah, we, uh, we are here, we are open, and we're excited to, to put this on stage. I don't, I'm curious, is there, is there anything else you feel like the audience needs to know about what's going on with the investigation? Um, I don't know that there's anything that the audience needs to know. However, if you know, if you have any information, please reach out to us. Uh, if you have theories, we'd love to hear those. Um, uh, if you have sketches, of Brian, um, uh, where uh, what we'd love is some fan art of where you think Brian is now. We we'd like a little bit more on that. We'd like to see fewer Reddit sub threads on pics you've found from hacking into my phone of the different sexual partners I've had, and more Reddit sub threads on this is probably what Brian looks like with a beard. This is probably what Brian looks like at a Sandals resort 
doing karaoke. Those are the types of uh, investments and um, appreciations we'd like to see. Yes, I agree. I completely agree with what you're saying. I we we want that engagement. We would love, you know, if you do fan art of what you think happened to Brian, do fan art of what you think was happening with us too. I I love uh, maybe like a maybe a one of me with like a larger head, and maybe I'm I'm playing a video game, I'm boogie boarding or something. You know, something fun. Um, yeah, and for whoever uh, did the fan art of the two of us uh in a human centipede um that's just 69 so mm-hmm. uh at least get your um titles accurate and we got a number of those in and yes they're beautifully painted with watercolors and somebody even did a wood burning one uh but we've got plenty we've got a plenty of uh the two of us in a, a two person human centipede Yes. I, and I will say just because you wrote human centipede on the picture does not make it a human centipede. That is just a 69. And the post office has reached out and asked me if I still want these delivered because I'm getting so many. And are we, uh, do we want to take slight credit for the fact that the post office is no longer in threat of being shut down because of the number of parcels that have been sent to us of fan art of the two of us in a two person human centipede? Yeah. We're great, great. Uh, you know, a hero's job is never done. But if we could ask you, uh, strongly encourage you to pivot the direction of the art with bigger heads, playing video games, boogie boarding, rollerblading, hacky sacking, that, that would be great. We would really appreciate that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. You know, also, if you want to follow us on Deception Pod uh, on mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter, those are available. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I run those and I have yet to tweet about anything ever, even once. But, you know, I think it's just because we don't have enough followers. And, uh, you know, I'll start tweeting when you guys start following. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are following our Friendster on our Friendster account, on our LinkedIn, on our Yak Yaks. Uh, We are shutting those down. They keep getting flagged by the FBI as communist propaganda. Uh, So those will be shut down. So pivot those follows to Instagram and Twitter, if you would. Yes, I'd appreciate that. Um, And if you do come across a True Deception OkCupid profile that is real, (laughs) do not report it, please. We would like to keep that going. and we don't need to get into it. You'll see on the bio exactly what we're looking for with that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We simply want a sister podcast, uh, or I'm sorry, a wife podcast uh, with two hosts, two attractive hosts. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we are looking not, but not taller than us. We want our height or below. Our height or below. Uh, wider than us, you bet. But taller than us, no thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I really hope that that answered some questions for you guys about <laughs> this investigation and where it's been and hope it's uh, sort of wet your whistle about checking out some more episodes because we have some amazing episodes coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't want to spoil them for you, but I think some of our best stuff, I think we really crack the case open in the next few weeks. Yeah. So hopefully we're all on the same page now. 
we've clarified all your questions, all your nitpicks, all your continuity errors, uh, and we can be, move forward on a clean slate. Uh, Brian is still missing. He is looking more and more uh, like a scumbag and uh, someone I wouldn't mind uh, splitting a rack of Jaguar ribs with. 100%. It's like that famous poll that came out when George W. Bush was running for president against John Kerry. We're like, okay, yeah, George W. Bush committed some war crimes, but I'd rather get a beer with him than John Kerry. And I still stand by that. If I'm going to share a frosty beer with someone, it's going to be George W. Bush. Now, is that the guy I want running my country? Probably not. But that's not the question we're asking, and that's not what we're voting on, is it? We're voting on who would be more fun to hang out with. When I go to the polls, and please vote, guys, I vote on who I'd rather hang out with for an afternoon. Yes. Yeah. Rec room, what I think would be cooler to be invited into. (laughs) Who do I think would give me a better nickname? <laughs> yes. Like John Kerry, if you gave him a hundred years, he'd never call me slick. <laughs> no. George yeah, so, W. Bush, probably right out of the gate. Uh, you'd be walking through the door, he'd point at you, say, Hey, slick, want a beer? I've had a couple already. Yeah. You'd be at the urinal, he'd sidle up next to you and say, Nice dick, slick. And <laughs> That's what I'm going to the polls to vote for. So please, please vote. Yes, that's that I think is another big takeaway we want you to have out of this is please vote. Please make sure you're registered to vote. And, you know, vote your, I guess, vote your your cool center of your brain. Yeah, yeah. Vote with the cool center. Well, this was great. Uh, we are very, very excited to be putting on this podcast for you guys. We, we mm-hmm. want you to know how much we appreciate you listening. If you get a chance, write us a review on your podcasting app. Mm-hmm. And I guess uh, ha- get that hash, hashtag going, uh, true deception, Brian is missing. <laughs> hashtag true deception, Brian is missing. We're trying to get yes. that trending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag true deception, Brian is missing. I think that's probably good. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I don't think we could do any better than that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys, and we'll catch you guys next week. Artwork provided by Amelia Jane Murphy. You can follow her and purchase her work at amil underscore art on Instagram. Music provided by Kai Ingle. Please subscribe and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcast. It really helps the show. You can follow us and contribute at DeceptionPod on Instagram and Twitter.